0: Hello, my name is Matt Mayer, a.k.a. Imp, and this is Imp's WWE Adventure Podcast on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, your quick look back at the WWE week that was, and what a week it was. Smackdown tribute to the troops, NXT deadline, CM Punk on Monday Night Raw. Uh, unfortunately, my voice is still not 100%, as you can feel it going again. I got to 40 seconds before, instead of 20 seconds, so, you know, I've doubled my progress. <laughs> so, anyway, let's not waste any time. Like 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 this show, and like, got any form of time. Time wasting at all <laughs> just like uh hits 30 minutes right i'm out of here <laughs> this is the shortest show on the best probably progress network but it hit quite some margin So keep to it and jump right into friday night smackdown it is a truly special night from providence rhode island welcome folks to the 21st annual tribute to the troops here on friday night smackdown the U.S. military propaganda edition, <laughs> Friday night, <Smackdown. laughs> and uh, Yeah, I'm not American. <laughs> whenever I see this stuff, it's just like, yeah, American propaganda stuff. American military propaganda. Is like you, you don't, you don't adhere to our military propaganda. <laughs> yeah, you don't uh, adhere to, to, to adhere to the UK military propaganda. So I can take the piss out <laughs> of the American ones. It's good PR for WWE, like. And uh, as you will see throughout this uh, my review, and of course if you watch the show as well, they knew which demographic they were hitting for with these specials <laughs> they know what they're hitting home at uh, anyway, anyway we'll say the special feeling to the presentation was genuinely well done like jokes aside <laughs> all that stuff but you know what they made this show feel like a special episode of smackdown makes you question why this annual tradition hasn't just always been a Teddy special like this with all the different versions i know there was the kind of visual difference of being genuinely like out there in the uh, noughties but there's like with the, with the most recent years where it's just kind of like not really anything at all or on an air thing, or just like a special tacked on in the late events eras, this feels like they took this idea and just, it's, it makes you quite a way. this hasn't been this the entire time <laughs> you watch this show and it's just like yeah, why hasn't this been what Chibi has been the entire time it's been existing <laughs> uh, the working of like Triple H or Nick Khan, whoever's, whoever's made it like this, give your applause because this was genuinely well done, uh, and an actually great musical performance <laughs> like the special feeling to the presentation was genuinely well done, and like I gotta say When I say it's an actually great musical performance, don't forget, I'm not American. Those people singing the uh, the America song, there is no emotional attachment to that for me, it is just a song. And I was like, that was a great performance. Even I was like, that's good. (laughs) I can tell that they did that well. yeah, the special feeling to the presentation was all there. When I was talking about finding space on the show with like better time management uh, last week, this show is a great example of exactly that. Like the flow building up to the main event throughout was perfectly well done. As soon as they'd finished their musical performances, kick us off. All right, play the country music and then bring out a foreigner for them to boo. (laughs) Trips knows what demo this is playing for. (laughs) Lisa Evans crowd, baby. The US Championship Tournament Sandals Escobar versus Dragon Lee, a match that's why not just run it again. This time with Dom Mysterio out, he's out there to taunt and integrate promotion for NXT Deadline. Decent match, uh, with a kind of sudden finish, like Dragon Dick Draped (laughs) in the corner and lifted off into a Phantom Driver. The fans were chanting for JBL on Dom Dom anyway, but hey, after years of conditioning your viewers not really care about the matches, it'll take years to condition it out. Uh, Anyway. Cody Rhodes almost convinced me to vote Republican <laughs> with his thing. Somewhat as well, undermining the whole thing of Randy Orton and CM Punk going to different shows to decide who they're going to sign for. Cody can just come on to whatever show he wants to. so I can make that joke <laughs> about his promo segment. Uh, Bobby Lashley out as the military's number one babyface to beat up Karrion Cross, A spear for the troops called the Football Commentator Man. Again, non-American. Do not know who that man was. <laughs> he seemed like the people watching the show would appreciate it. CM Punk out on SmackDown, proof WWE stands on Twitter as such a small percentage of WWE fans with the CM Punk promo, loud reception, rightfully turned up in the truck and for me the absolute much better placing in the card as well, like him at the end of the show with his time cut when I raw even CM Punk addressed it here, in that slot wasn't really the right slot for returning CM Punk to be right here where it was placed in the show just in the middle of the running far better and they did it again in on like more within the middle of the show and it gave him a lot more time to breathe when here he was given a bit more time to breathe as well but he was also in the middle of the show so it fit the structure so much better rather than building up to him and then he gets whatever's left remaining on the show and it helps build to the main event that was coming as well he's part of the elevation of the hype when CM Punk comes out the show will kick up another gear I and mean, just send us into that main event yeah the crowd just had no idea what's CM Punk was talking about with his AEW bit like talking to Kevin Owens like can I trust a guy who punches people in the back it got no pop (laughs) nothing the crowd were all there for the rest of the promo though so this is not I'm not going to paint it as a bad promo they were all there for it especially for him corning out the top WWE names like they want to see CM Punk versus dot 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 and this was obviously setting up what he was going to do on Monday importantly for the road we apparently seem to be headed to the crowd were really hot for the shots at Seth they continued to get really loud reactions and that built up really nicely to, to make Raw. And he made his character's goals clear that his aim is to main event WrestleMania. Cody was all about finishing the story, or is still all about finishing the story, Well, CM Punk is about main eventing WrestleMania. And that means you're setting up so many different worlds for who the Royal Rumble winner could be as well. Right now, you've just got CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. You've got finishing the story and you've got main eventing in WrestleMania. At the moment, both men are top candidates to win. However, the thing that WWE and Trips has got on their side is the fact that they are so far out from the Royal Rumble, you can now like, maybe just each week dedicate a little bit bit of time to one person just to get across their character's goal to try and convince us they could be a Royal Rumble winner or at least in contention or at least an important character come the mass battle royal occasion. You've got more than enough time to do this. And even if you do just build it off of Cody or CM Punk, either man is a legit contender and you just listen to the vibes of the crowd to pick which one you go with because they're both going to be challenged for the title anyway, <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, honestly, in the end, it's something to get the crowd invested when it doesn't really matter who wins. <laughs> you just go with the vibes of the crowd. Like, are they going to cheer for they all the time, Cody Rhodes, or the guy that's just returned to CM Punk? I've, I've simplified it down quite a bit, but there's still more than I want to talk about. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, later in the show, uh, Cody got his contract from the offer from Nick Eldis and uh Cody popping in for a quick wah wah, Alan. Charlotte, Bianca, and Shotzi find friends in Zelina Vega and Mia Yim to even the numbers game for damage control. Bailey, the MVP, different maker again causing the distraction win. And the main event was a uh, Randy Pandy and yeah, versus <laughs> my voice gone, can't do it, <laughs> versus Solo and Jimmy Uso, and yeah, perfectly fine main event. Cementing Randy Orton as the, the guy go for Roman Reigns, I'm assuming at the Royal Rumble, but you got to do the slow road to get there. And part one is winning a tag team match against Solo and Jimmy. <laughs> the show overall was paced so well over the course of it, and it, they made the tribute to the troops special, genuinely feel like a big occasion. But in terms of like the vibe for the entire show, it really worked like, as well. This. Little touches like having the augmented reality next match coming up thing just be helicoptered in. I was <laughs> just like, are oh, these are these are ticking all the right vibes <laughs> for what this special is kind of meant to be. They got it, it, it again. It's, there's a reason that it's country music. There's a reason they picked JBL to be on this show, bringing on the Texan drawl. <laughs> they it's like it was a show that knew which crowd it was aiming for and just hit it. It <laughs> just went for it and just hit that crowd. So in terms of like a production, they absolutely nailed it. I can't argue they didn't nail the production for the the Troops. They knew exactly what they were doing and they went all in. <laughs> I generally enjoyed this episode of SmackDown. Anyway, no messing about, let's move over to Monday Night Raw because Monday Night Raw itself was no messing about. Let's vibe on over to Monday Night. Let me make one thing perfectly clear. I don't want there to be any confusion I know I'm a bit worked up. I want everybody to understand I'm going to say it plainly with every fibre in my being. I hate you. No messing about, this week's Raw immediately flew into what last week was setting up. And of course, Seth and CM Punk. Which brand will CM Punk sign for? Set, was set up for this segment. But it led into an absolutely amazing promo of which I played a clip for obviously before coming into this. And like he and Randy choosing their brands being made such a big deal of was somewhat undermined by folk appearing on the other show willy-nilly, like over the course of like the past few years. But like, sure, whatever. As long as there's consistency here, because it's, ugh. but sure, whatever. As long as there's consistency here on, wait, what do you mean Cody was on SmackDown? This week? <laughs> uh, that said, having Punk sign for War in the exact same building he walked out of 10 years ago is a great stroke of booking. That, that, that is, it's just, that's just great writing. <laughs> this really solid stuff. Like signing the contract brings out his most vocal adversary, Seth freaking Rollins. And uh, in terms of like s- the character of Seth Rollins, giving him, a trait in common with Drew, who he's currently kind of feuding with towards the Royal Rumble. I'd say they've got a match on day one. Um, or day one Raw, I think the are is here. this year. Like, with uh, like that trait in common with Drew in his dislike for CM Punk, and that's another really nice touch. Obviously, the man himself, if he generally does hate CM Punk, and I uh, thought the delivery of that line here, that oh, was so good. Uh, but, like, they... The man who made this place his house, taking full offence at Punk calling it his home. Uh, Seth delivering the "I hate you" line really well, like the somewhat understated nature of it. Instead of going full angry, like shout, shout, shouty shout, like the understated nature sold the hate so well. Just go it, just letting it go quiet for a second and delivering it. it just oh, really well done. <laughs> Applause, Seth. on, thought it's really well done. And like going by the crowd reactions as they just stared down at each other, like, oh, yeah, there's your WrestleMania main event feeler given a resounding approval. Obviously, the question of a sim, but talking about one's the main event WrestleMania, does night one count? <laughs> it's, it's a little, a little bait. We're still into this new era of uh, WrestleMania double nights, and the first one, the first two under Vince, obviously, the first one was in the pandemic era, so it's got massive. I don't say no, that's not true because Bianca vs. Sasha felt like a big main event, felt like a big deal and uh, on the show itself, obviously the booking was a bit, but that doesn't really matter. On the show itself, it felt like a big main event thing. Then the second one was like the, the Texas WrestleMania was like a last gasp kind of show that only Vince McMahon could put on because it was so full of so just, like, what's craziness that only Vince were put on <laughs> and part of that was the Kevin Owen Sto- uh, Steve Austin main event with the question mark of well, what do you mean this is the main event <laughs> it's kind of just vibes before you went in and it's just a blast of city fun and that was yeah so I mean I feel like but him doing that has meant that night one doesn't particularly feel like the main event and I feel like for that WrestleMania that that was the danger of that precedent. Kevin Owens versus Steve Austin was like a fun way to end the show that the crowd definitely vibed with, but it also hurt the perception of the night one also being a WrestleMania main event. The first one with Bianca Sasha sold it like that. This year with the Usos versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn also sold it like that. So we're two for one. And I feel like if you do and Punk Seth Rollins as well, over time both nights would feel like main event big deals. because for me it's because there was only, there was one. Under Vince's gasp as he's having ta- everything taken away from him, the consequences finally get to him, and he puts on just a bonkers WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, but it did hurt the perception of Night One being also a big deal. So yeah, I, th- I think over time that's going to correct itself, and this is part of it, and it also helps legitimize Seth's championship, which has felt like a secondary prize in a way, whilst Roman Mains has been holding onto his title and he give. You give Seth Rollins a consolation prize almost in this title. He's doing everything he can to make it not feel that way. Uh, stuff like this is a huge way to help compensate for that. To really help elevate it. You know, maybe that's why CM Punk winning the Royal Rumble is a good idea. Because that means a Royal Rumble winner goes after that title. Uh, but it's also like this Elimination Chamber in Australia. There's, there's so many different ways you can do this. And either... And I think you really could just use the crowd vibes and choose which one wins the Elimination Chamber, which one wins the Rumble. Obviously, I've realised there were other asterisks as well. Like, well, if the Royal Rumble winner goes after the title that says holding, that helps elevate his title. Stuff like that. Or does the Royal Rumble winner go for the true main event on night two against Roman? Like, oh, 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 I don't know. But yeah, this promo, absolutely amazing, absolutely fantastic both guys really got their chance uh, their chance to voice their grievances um somewhat feeling like two people who have had the genuine grievance just get them out there and get them get it kind of addressed and <laughs> just talk about it uh out there in the ring just like pull yourself together and just do this for the business and the reception is like you you can make money <laughs> these two, the crowd really wants to see these two that's it. Anyway, speaking of people that the crowd want to see, a McIntyre versus Jay Uso. At this time, not part of a bigger story, like no other folk interfering, only Drew and his determination to hurt Mr. Yeetman. Uh, but big old cheaty cheating Scotsman clawing at a thumb at the Uso's eyes to then fly in with a claymore. Clever distraction with the turnbuckle pad being taken off, only for that to just be a distraction and do something more visceral as the ref fixed it, Th- yeah, thumbing the eye of the Uso uh, to take the claymore win. Yeah, it's one of those where McIntyre wanted to hurt Jey Uso, and he has the opportunity to actually fly into the match clean, but then takes the opportunity to actually just thumb his eye, hurt him, (laughs) and then claim on him. Commentators are taking that as him cheating to give the win, but I personally would have liked the idea of if he just leaned into the visceral nature of what he did with the thumb. He doesn't want to just beat Jey Uso. He wants to viscerally hurt him. But... Like everything about it, the interview afterwards, the way it was spinning was, it was McIntyre falling deeper into not really caring for his opponent that much, but and doing whatever it takes to get the win. Like leaning further into the heel character rather than leaning further into wanting to hurt Jey Uso. Uh, which in my world, that's because when this match happened, they were in my head they were building to Seth versus Drew at the Royal Rumble, and I was like, oh, you got plenty of time to build up the more healy side of Drew McIntyre. I wouldn't mind him just going after Jey Uso. But the match is taking place on uh, day one more <laughs> so you haven't actually got that long so you can just need to not having too distracted away from seth rollins he had this week where they're both kind of building towards each other you got CM punk there in the background as well Jey user obviously faced seth rollins so they're all tied together too uh yeah there's nice little tie-ins happening and it's all right it's all right guys one well, of was perfectly fine and the final thing we'll just talk about for more cody Rhodes and shinsuke nakamura main event Feeling like a nice surprise of, oh, they're just getting straight to it. Cool. <laughs> no dilly-dallying no about. Uh, before swerving right to the disqualification <laughs> with Knackers using the red mist. And hey, those blonde locks covered in red is simply a visual Cody could not put a height behind since leaving AW. He just loves it too much. And clearly he's not the only one because production uh, wanted him to do it again. <laughs> it's the second week in a row Cody takes uh, the red mist from Nackers. And they kind of this sold the stinging of it as well, and taking it as a when Nakamura is doing this, it's generally it's not just like a oh cheeky cheeky, <laughs> it's also means like no this hurts this is a thing which like needs to be the like, eyes washed out of like it's a mace or something, like it's it's a genuine hurty thing. I thought I do like the idea of cheeky cheeky Nakamura. <laughs> uh, I enjoy it because I'm doing a hand movement and a facial expression that none of you can see and it makes myself laugh when I do it (laughs) with Cheeky Cheeky Nakamura. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, oh, that sounds like a great song. (laughs) Cheeky 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 Nakamura. Anyway, yeah, a perfectly fine main event, which is, I thought was like a, a, on a show, which was like, we're not, which was telling me we're not going to beat around the bush with stuff. Like you're getting Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre on Jan- on the like day one Monday Night Raw, rather than the we're having to wait to the end of the month for the Royal Rumble. And we've got a main event with Cody Rhodes and Nakamura, and and you got CM Punk, Seth Rollins as well. We were CM C- C- Punk and, I forgot to say CM Punk announcing himself for the Royal Rumble. Like there was a lot of stuff here which felt like this uh, Like just getting straight to the point, no hanging about. Like it's one of these shows. <laughs> like no messing about, just getting straight to the bloody point. But then the main event was not that. The main event was a feud stretching out match. Uh, the kind of an echo of the Vince era where every show had matches like this. <laughs> it's was like, you know what? What I have to keep in mind of myself is it's absolutely fine to do this kind of thing when you're not doing it multiple times every single week. <laughs> like, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> it's perfectly fine for to do one match like this when you haven't done it for weeks or if not over a month or whatever it's like you know what (laughs) my instinct is to moan about it but when it's just the only one it's there's no in my world there's no such thing as thing equals bad just way to do things badly (laughs) and this is uh, this is a thing uh, as example of the vibes that exist from Vince and I have to remind myself of that (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, my, that's, my, that's the way I wanted to end Raw <laughs> I did enjoy I want say enjoyed Raw It's still the uh, like, same problems With a lot of Raw's do Where I like that they're dedicating time To certain like, mid-card ducks and whatever Like the Alpha Academy stuff Still feels really entertaining And anyone kind of bouncing off of that Feels entertaining Judgment Day Getting some nice like Lower level character work With the r stuff Which is much needed After the mass high, pro, high profile Over the course of the summer Building into Survivor Series It's nice for them To take a little bit of a seat back to kind of explore their characters a little bit more to build to the Royal Rumble, especially as that then gives the other characters room to thrive and build in the main event, like to react off of the arrival of CM Punk to build to Drew McIntyre going after Seth Rollins, with the whole Jey Uso interactions in there as well. Like, I'm I'm assuming Sami Zayn would have been a part of this if he didn't get injured last week. And, but yeah, the Judgment Day to take that little back seat helps the others to thrive for a bit, and you can also get lower level character work there too. and very, very pleased in that vibe too. She hasn't really got a contender or anything. Like It feels like the WrestleMania match is Becky Lynch. They just somehow have to get her there and not make you think that she's just not really been defending the title. Like, no, just have her out there. Have her defeat somebody and go, well, who the hell is going to fight me at the Royal Rumble? <laughs> who do you think? Just build up that vibe until we bring somebody out. It feels like Becky's the match at WrestleMania, but some things might change. There might be people coming in the company. We'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, Anyway, that was a relatively fun Monday Night Raw. Let's move on to NXT Definitely. A hell of a men's eye survivor challenge at NXT Deadline. And, and this was the iteration that convinced me of the gimmick. Uh, I do, uh, we'll talk about actually, I was going to say, I do want to talk about CM Punk first. Like, you know what? No, I'm going to talk about the men's eye survivor because I really enjoyed this. There's no point really me covering NXT that much. It was announced that Carmelo Hayes will be the United States Championship guy. I think they announced that on what did they announce that on? <laughs> they announced that on this show that Carmelo Hayes was going to be the guy in the U.S. title tournament on Friday. I can't remember. They they announced it again on NXT. Uh, also, they went for me. there was that and the NXT Breakout Tournament. People just giving them a little bits to kind of figure, it's kind of like figure out what their vibe is of when they uh, start their tournament. Uh, so really, for me, the important things on that show were not in the ring. <laughs> it was the stuff around it, which, you know, for the post, in this current era for NXT, the post-pay-per-view shows aren't always like, they're not the most much, see? So, yeah. It would have been, oh, it would have been a good week for me to do my NXT, my uh, moaning <laughs> thing. It's like, actually, this is a week I dive into the, why I generally don't enjoy watching NXT that much and it's a lot of it to do with the production. was like, you know what? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, the reason NXT wasn't that big deal for me to talk about is because NXT deadline was. So, the men's Iron Survivor Challenge. Uh, Diejack and Josh Briggs started off. Uh, they're big boys. Tyler next, the big strong boy. Uh, Trick Williams, 10 minutes af- in after. Uh, and it's uh, one. F- uh, he came in when it was one-off for all the other big lads. Uh, big Bomb Breaker out last, but with his opponents the most knackered. And they successfully used the scoring system to build to an exhilarating finish. The crowd's so firmly behind Trick as the score odds are stacked against him and the clock just ticks on and on. The crowd's so firmly behind him, too. Uh, Breaker, when he arrived, immediately spearing and pinning every lad in sight to, become three, uh, to get three points within, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> Just a la- arriving with a thump. And Trick, the freshest guy in the penalty box, after getting tr- Tiger Driven by Big Strong Bait. So Breaker's charging in fresh on the three more tied men. Then he comes out. <laughs> it's like, oh, yes, I like this. Like, they really use this to perfection. A great sequence with all the lads out of the penalty box too. uh, Where Breaker Frankensteiner sent an opponent into Bates' Tiger Driver common, which big lad he sent flying, but that was a nice little sequence. Uh, The Birmingham man then stealing the pin with that Tiger Driver away from Breaker. Uh, The action had timed perfectly for the stage to be set at 20 minutes in out of the 25. All five lads in the ring as we build to a hectic finish. Trick on zero at 23 minutes with two remaining with three other blokes on three, the crowd favourite having been speared through the barricade by Breaker, who then himself was immediately choked down through the announce table. Like all of the pieces for this, like the, the two that the crowd are most concerned with are both down on the outside where we hit that final two minutes moment. And all these other guys who've also got points are trying to score points on each other. <laughs> it's a really great way to build up that kind of frenzy feel. All set for the final flash minute. So, use that other minute just to get to this flash as Trick shoots for the stars in a damn exciting last gasp, uh, rolling up Briggs. And then out comes Eddie, thought for distraction uh, for Die Jack. I say distraction, he properly hit him. <laughs> and then uh, Trick takes advantage of that, getting his second fall. A final breaker spear charge, countered with the big knee for one hell of a pop. And he gets the win. Trick scoring the final fourth fall and pinning every opponent within one minute and getting the win and the crowd pop was huge But <laughs> it was like a proof of a well-booked idea and they carried it out really well and it's one of those where i feel like it it works well too because they're not waiting till it gets the final couple of seconds to score the pin right at the end they're scoring it and then both lads are down it's like four seconds on the clock and you're like well no one's gonna get this because everyone's down and it's just like the they got the, You got the huge pop of Trick getting his win and then the crowd just kind of soaks it in for four seconds and then gets a second reaction. I thought it was really well booked. Like last year with this one, uh, I wasn't really watching NXT at the time. I watched the odd show and then they were doing heard they were doing this gimmick and I was like, you know what? I'm all for trying to innovate a new idea or something. It was, this is obviously taking a lot of influences from different matches. Like Almost like a, w- a mixture of WWE's Championship Challenge and TNA's King of the Mountain. <laughs> we put those two together, you get some form of thing like this. And, and last year, I was like, you know what? It's interesting, but I wasn't vibing with it. This year proved, if you book it correctly, then this can be really exciting. I thought the women's one was maybe a bit too practiced at times, so you had people kind of waiting about to do the next spot. But it was still a fun match. And I was, even just watching that one, I was like, no, it feels like this concept has been ironed out, pardon the pun, to work well enough on the main roster. Like It'll feel really weird if this just stays in NXT at this point. It's like we would watch war games and we're just like, no, no, the WWE's, WWE's way of doing war games would work on the main roster and Triple H has just immediately done it with no hesitation. <laughs> and it clearly seems to be working. This one I felt like, from when I'm watching it last year, I feel like this one kind of needs the booking backing for it to properly create the right vibes and I feel like the women's one was fun but felt very orchestrated whilst the men's one fully convinced me of the gimmick and it's, it's, for me like, I can't give it any much of a stronger review it's Like it was a match where I was like hey you know what yeah, yeah it's, it's fine I'm not desperate to be in the main roster to so watching this version go oh wait no I'm completely wrong <laughs> this, this gimmick is like they could take this over to the main roster now like it is it has been ironed out it has been figured out and I, I wouldn't mind this process to be fair well, if you've got an idea for a big match, but you're not, you just feel like it needs to be ironed out and there's a few little things you want to tweak or you just want to practice it on a big stage, NXT's the perfect ground for that. And then you can put that, put it onto one like Raw or whatever once it's all been figured out. Like a nice little testing ground for new gimmicks rather than immediately throwing it onto the main roster. Uh, it's a benefit of NXT. You can use it to right, figure out and practice more than just the wrestlers and the production and the commentators, duh, 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 which is already useful, obviously. It <laughs> doesn't mean like you can actually use concepts like this. Um, do what he did with war games and figure out how he can work it within the WWE production and he can do stuff like this. So yeah. Yeah. Just don't do not do the triple cage. Sh- <laughs> some ideas are fine to die. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. Or the electric cage or whatever. Like some ideas are perfect. Oh, you bring back the electric cage from TNA. Not WCW. You know how the TNA one. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. Search it. Search it up. And I remember watching it at the time and because I was younger, I didn't really... I didn't hate the match. I just remember watching it, uh, being behind LAX as the Team 3D are bumping about and the electric shock stuff was, I don't remember hating it or whatever, but I watched it as an adult. And I was just like, oh, this is so stupid. It's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Not seeing it, highly recommend Team 3D LAX, electric cage match, <laughs> which, so that just means a lot of adult members standing about and shaking about after they take a bump into a steel cage thing whilst the lights dip down. And with the sound, and that's meant to get across the fact that the they've hit the electric cage, because for some reason it's wired to the lighting system. Ah, <laughs> oh, TNA. Oh, I, I, sometimes you just can't help but love them. <laughs> anyway, elsewhere on the show, really that's my like main thing I want to talk about. Obviously, we've got CM Punk and HBK, an extremely awkward, what felt like, oh, you, you happen to be here, why not just go out and vibe with HBK for a bit? <laughs> like one of the most unplanned segments they have ever seen, the crowds get to see CM Punk and that makes them happy. A nice little way to jolt the show and to jolt people who weren't watching the show and to be like, "Oh, CM Punk's there!" Oh, and suddenly you get too many views on YouTube or whatever. Suddenly you get some fraction of those people tuning in to this show itself or whatever later. And but actually, I'll be honest. Like with NXT, I was I was going to watch it anyway, but when I saw that CM Punk was there, I was like, "Oh, they're actually putting effort in here." Oh, that's interesting. Then I want it more. Is like, "Oh, I've had an effort from NXT as well." I was like, oh, have you now? Uh have you now punk. <laughs> it feels feels super weird. People have just been crossing over from Water SmackDown anyway. But now NXT's an option. <laughs> uh, again. These big superstars choosing which band they want to sign for would be less undermined if they didn't have people just crossing over willy-nilly anyway. It's not as bad as it was under Vince, but it still happens. (laughs) It still happens. Uh, Anyway, uh, talking about show crossover, Dominic Mysterio, North American Champion for Monday Night Raw, versus Dragon Lee, who has been on Friday Night Smackdown. (laughs) So neither of these guys really are NXT. But the North American Champion being on main TV is a great crossover kind of way. To have them to have the show promoted without it kind of being like uh, nxt's doing this nxt's doing this kind of in your face a bit like no you naturally see an nxt title there and their programs therefore naturally get talked about which is a nice natural way for the show for the commentators to bring up nxt uh, yeah i like it it makes the whole world make sense uh, the match was absolutely fine like the standard tv title match or whatever uh, Dragon Lee winning your new north american champion. Uh, the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. I've already talked about it quite a bit. Good fun. Uh, b Priestley win. I can't remember what she's called. <laughs> as I said, still learning names, but I know B Priestley from when she was called b Priestley. <laughs> so, whatever her name is now, insert here. Uh, Mello versus King, and um, a very odd match. Like Mello as the NXT lad in the US Title Tournament makes sense. Definitely one of the most over and ready guys versus Lexis King, who's arguably the polar opposite it feels weird that I was watching him on AW Dynamite TV in that tag team, and it felt like he hit a decently good vibe for the level he was at at that point in his career. But in NXT, they see him as being like higher placed up their card, and then giving him this uh, this world kind of vibe off of that. Uh, but he's he, ironically he's called King, and he's missing. <laughs> like he's just it's just not hitting. And Mello Mello obviously like the much much bigger star, uh, but this match really wasn't that. Much and I don't know. I don't know if it's the gimmick, I don't know if it's the beard. It's definitely the beard. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, um, unless the point of the character is that he sucks, <laughs> which it doesn't feel like it is. A lot of the presentation is meant to be like he's meant to be this heel with a cool, villainous swagger, but the swagger just isn't, he doesn't naturally ooze it and it feels very forced. It's just, compared to uh, Carmelo where he's naturally dripping with it. <laughs> Literally dripping. <laughs> what do you mean? That's not baby oil. He's naturally dripping with that, oo- that ooze of charisma. Whereas King doesn't really have that. And arguably the gimmick he had in AEW fit way with that a lot better. <laughs> this kind of character doesn't really work. And obviously there's the other things like he couldn't put his sunglasses away because his shirt didn't have a pocket. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Uh, it wasn't a real pocket and he tried to put oh it's it's so funny (laughs) that big is so funny Um, but yeah it's none of the vibes are hitting and I feel like this match did him no favours either Uh, but Carmelo Hayes there's a nice little swan song for him it can work and uh, arguably for me I'm ready for his story with the trick and whatever that's building to to somewhat wrap up uh, but that's as someone who's more recently started watching the show. It's like, oh, they're still doing this level of storyline, are they? <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I like both those guys, and the main point of it is Carmelo moving on to SmackDown and Trick being elevated, uh, bouncing off of him, asking John Cena, "When do I know it's my time?" And then we've just we've just built and jumped forwards with that trajectory the entire time. Then we get uh, Carmelo with his stuff with SmackDown as well. So that means that all the pieces are there for this story to then build to wrapping up. Uh, Again, it's not—it's just not that intriguing a story either, (laughs) with the uh, who got who knocked down trick. But the crowd are so into Trick that I feel like they may even automatically care. uh, I've talked about this segment way longer than I meant to. (laughs) But uh, I'm thumbs up for the for Carmelo and Trick with their character work, and they were both massively improving. Carmelo feeling so ready for One Night Raw, Trick feeling like he still needs more in-ring time in NXT, but his character is absolutely skyrocketing right now, which is a bonus for something like this. Like There is a precedent for perfectly mediocre or air storylines to really help hone down a character. Just look at Bad Influence, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian, and not like you keep bringing up TNA, <laughs> but Christopher Daniels and Kazarian were born out of the god-awful Claire Lynch (laughs) storyline. The (laughs) god-awful storyline with AJ apparently having an affair and all that stuff, and they had the evidence. It was awful. One of the worst things TNA writers ever produced. However, it also gave us Kazarian and Christopher Daniels really finding their groove as a tag team. And it was like the birth of Bad Influence, like, properly. So I was like, ah, it it did create something magnificent, (laughs) even though it was awful. (laughs) So even though... This storyline may not be the best of Trick and Carmelo. It is really helping find both characters for where they're going next, especially Trick, who's gonna be like the mainstay on NXT when, when Carmelo then moves over to SmackDown, I assume. I assume we're, I assume we're building to that point. I mean, it doesn't have to be SmackDown, but the US title tournament could be a nice way to properly introduce him to the audience after his like little showcase NXT stuff uh, early in the year. We also had a steel cage match with Keanu James versus Roxanne Perez. I like both women. Again, these are both two of the stronger characters on the show too, and they just struggled to get the fans into this match. The way it was in the card order, part of me was like, I don't think you should have put a steel cage match after the men's Iron Survivor. If this was just like a standard match or an ODQ or something, it's a little bit of light fun rather than trying to get us to invest in a heated storyline. Like they were way too tight. The men's match was way too good. Uh, unfortunately though, if you put the men's match after this one, you put it second to last, that means the main event dies. You could put it in the main event, but like there's that thing of oh the NXT title, oh, it's gonna it's got a main event. You could put Carmelo versus King here, but the match would die even more. <laughs> uh yeah, maybe that's what you do, you, you just like, well, Matt, I no, because the main you weren't intending for King to I feel a bit like eh <laughs> you weren't intend that anyway the main event as well Baron Corbin versus Ilya Dragunov for the NXT Championship uh, NXT has helped reinvigorate uh, Baron Corbin's character a lot uh, not that in the Vince series he ever ha- had like strong characters but like he was a heavy finish guy and the fans got extremely tired of him and then he seemed to find a really good gimmick and then the Vince didn't care to come in a completely different direction cough cough like, broke Corbin into happy Corbin and it's like, oh, the first week of Happy Corbin, I was like, this actually bounces off so brilliantly. But afterwards, it was immediately irritating, and then they added vidic Moss, and I was like, no, this is generally grating. <laughs> this is so bad. This is Vince humor at a, such a horrific scale. <laughs> um, but yeah, it feels like he's been reinvigorated somewhat in NXT. But this match, though, was your perfectly fine match. Like, nothing crazy. One, like, one of the weaker Ilya Dragunov because you've kind of come to expect Ilya Dragunov uh, like special NXT matches to have such a strong performance within them and that be these really exciting uh, uh, kind of showings this was fine <laughs> like the performance you expect from an Ilya Dragunov match just wasn't there at all in this match but it was like it's perfectly fine match like I-, I might even give a Baron Corbin match three stars which you know for a Baron Corbin match that's that's pretty rock solid is that an agreement guys? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty rock solid three stars out of here. Uh, yes, NXT deadline. I mostly, I just want to talk about the Men's eye Survivor Challenge and kind of like the vibes of feeling in NXT at the moment, without having to actually review the NXT show. There's a lot, of, lot of positives coming out of NXT at the moment, but with a lot of also at the end of the year stuff. When you're reflecting back, I'm seeing a lot of love for NXT over this past year. Whilst me personally, I'm just like, the a lot of the production stuff, a lot of the things I don't like that WWE do is really, really highlighted in NXT. And I feel like I need to do that show at some point to say what I'm talking about. <laughs> but but it is, I would admit, it's got a, when I say it's got an exciting vibe to it, I think the biggest part for it is you watch NXT and you feel like this is the system that this should have been the entire time with NXT. Like an actual feeder system to the main roster rather than you get to see these really interesting characters birthed and you get that investment in them only for their characters to be absolutely massacred when they get to the main roster and all momentum cut out from under them. Uh, all about their visual presentation, the way they're meant to hold themselves or whatever. It's just completely gone. They're completely different characters. Nothing crossed over. Or it's just the most basic of stuff, like Bobby Roode's Though I know different examples come across, but for me, Bobby Roode, we literally just turned into the guy with the entrance and had like no other character under Vince. It's like, oh dear. <laughs> that was a. Uh, <laughs> that was the same. That is the end of the show. And I did a big sniffle about 46 minutes, which means that's really fine to the edit <laughs> something like that goes. Anyway with that I say thank you for listening uh, liking and engaging in any form any manner always appreciate it never take it for granted you can follow me on Twitter at the Dam and Beca- Dam in, damn and damn. Not on them on there as much, but if you DM me or if you send me a tweet, I will see it. Uh, you Check out the other shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yeah, I'm on the, this network now. One Nation Radio with Rich and James. Should I try delivering that again without burping? <laughs> One Nation Radio with Rich and James. All elite, Things Elite with Floyd. Wrestling Art with Chris Sings with Chris Things. Keeping It Strong Style with Jeremy Donovan and young boy Josh Smith. And with that, I bid with you. Adios.